0: Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast.
1: Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Do you think Robert Pattinson's is going to have an ice cream bucket on his head? I think he
2: will. Life 107.5! The decision started with this simple sentence. Oh boy. We don't need to spend money on that, right? Oh. You know, the, the early days of marriage, Lindsay and I are dirt poor. <laughs> and we're just trying things that we can eliminate from our budget to make ends meet. And one of those things was... Taylor getting a haircut at a professional place.
1: You have a very smart, talented, intelligent wife. She should be able to cut your hair. I,
2: I'm not a high maintenance hair guy. Like, I, I just want it to. At the time, I wasn't a very high maintenance hair guy.
1: (laughs) I was just giving him the raised eyebrow because he's a totally high maintenance hair guy now. Not,
2: Not at that time, though. It was, I mean, basically like, does it look remotely neat? And can I walk into a professional establishment and not be left out of the building? Okay. So Lindsay's like, great. I will cut your hair for you. And we set up, you know, it's the classic scene. We're in the kitchen where there's the tile and I've got the cape on and she gets the hair cutting thing. And all of a sudden oh you had a hair cutting thing. Yeah. Like the, the The haircut, we we had the, the buzzer, we had the, the hair scissors. We had the comb, like we had the whole kit, all the stuff. We borrowed it from my mother. (laughs) And Lindsay gets started on my hair in the kitchen, sitting in a chair with the cape around me. Were you terrified? Just tell me. You can tell me. I really me. wasn't. You weren't. I was like, sure, because m- my mom gave me haircuts all the time growing up, and so I was like, this is just how you do. Oh, you. Then I started feeling warm moisture. Oh no! On my ears. Uh. I was like, what? This this is not water. No, what's going on? And some some of the warm moisture drips, and there there's blood. <laughs> dripping onto my hands from my ears and i go uh lindsey and she goes she goes don't worry it's not yours (gasps) she was cutting her own fingers trying to cut my hair so we very quickly found room in the budget for me to go to a stylist
1: you've heard this story you've lived this story (laughs) our friend dr heidi got a little bit overconfident in her skills tried to give her son a haircut ended up with a late night run to his stylist
2: it seems like so many of these (laughs) haircuts happen when they say you know let's just skip the stylist let's save some money
3: we were really not in a very good financial way and my husband was in desperate need of a haircut. So I was like, you know, I'll just grab the scissors, grab the comb, we'll give you a haircut. So I started snipping away, and I looked at my work, and I was like, oh, yeah, we need to do something different. I grabbed the clippers, and I started clipping away, and our clippers died. Oh, Oh, no. no! My husband had a job interview the next day. Oh, no. We were too poor for a new set of clippers. We were too poor for a new haircut. So we grabbed the Barbasol and the stick razor. Oh. And about three hours later and a lot of frustration, my husband was completely
2: bald. Oh (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh,
1: my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
2: Did he get the job?
3: He did not. And he, to this day, tells me that it's because he had a bad haircut and he was bald. Are you better now? Yes. He gets the haircut by
2: the professionals now. (laughs) Yes! Three hours? That is an ordeal.
1: And a can of Barbasol.
2: (laughs) Why would we say that having your head shaved is a bad haircut? (laughs) I feel like Professor Xavier... Looks great, bald. I have a feeling
1: it it wasn't a Professor Fudd.
2: Looks pretty good, bald. I'm a little disturbed that you just said that. Can you imagine Elmer Fudd with hair? Give him like a millennial undercut. That would not look good.
1: Why did my brain just have to go there?
2: Be very quiet. (laughs) We are hunting avocado toast. All I'm saying is there are a lot of very good-looking people who are bald. Of you course, think there are Jason Statham, Bruce Willis, Elmer Fudd. What is the they deal? They all they all pull it off very well. Taylor, what is the deal with Elmer? El- Elmer Fudd? Fudd, he he just it's iconic. His head is <laughs> iconic. You could not ask him to grow hair. He would look weird without his bald head you're strange you got thoughts about being
0: bald dave i started out as a teenager swimming a lot in chlorine filled pools yep i uh, bailed hay six days a week with no hat on and then i went in the army and wore steel pot so i guess that'll do a lot of damage to your hair
2: (laughs) what you're saying is you don't have a full head of hair right now
0: uh that would be correct okay (laughs) but the thing is i've told people ever since then God only made a few perfect heads and the rest he covered up with hair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but what do you think about Elmer Fudd? Don't you think it's a little strange that Taylor would fixate on Elmer Fudd?
3: Uh, Maybe there's a personality resemblance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going to eat it, you should probably know what it's called, right? You would think. I mean, Taylor came in my office the other day and he's like, okay, what do you call the last slice of bread? In a, in a package. And in my house, I call it mine because nobody else eats it. <laughs> and you said that there was a war on one of the social media platforms because some dude said that he was going to eat the...
2: He called it the heel. The heel. He was going to make a sandwich out of the heel because he thought he was a loving and sacrificial husband. People didn't even like bite on the searching for compliments. They just straight up went, that is not what you call that thing.
1: They had other names for that last slice of bread in the loaf of bread.
2: I don't understand it. There's I th- that I thought, other word other than heel. I thought heel was just what you called it. Me too. Apparently it's not. Uh, my world is a little shaken right now. So what do you
1: call that last slice of bread? We've already heard from two people, and they don't call it the
2: heel. Neither one called it the heel.
1: (laughs) It doesn't have a very glorious job, the last slice of bread, but yet it's there, trusty, in every single solitary loaf. So what do you call it?
2: There are apparently a lot of different names for that last slice of bread, and Mackenzie has done some research on us to figure out what we're supposed to call it.
4: Well, I searched it up. Um, the first suggestion was, like, the heel. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I saw some other ones that even said the last piece of bread on earth.
2: The last piece of bread on earth. <laughs>
4: Yeah. So, Mackenzie, huh? let
1: me ask you a question, honey. Do you like to eat the last piece of bread? Yes. You, you do? do? It doesn't bother you that it has a lot of crust on it? No. I More crust, the better. That's Mackenzie, awesome. Mackenzie, you're going to grow up to be a strong and powerful woman.
2: So many different names for that last slice of bread, and we want to know, what do you call the last slice of bread?
4: Well, I
3: call it the heel, but I was riding with my daughter this morning, and I looked over at her when... You asked the question, and she looked me straight in the eye, and she said, dog food.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So we know how she feels about crust. Correct.
1: And we know that your dog is really happy when your family comes to the end of a loaf of bread. Yeah. Never mind what it's called. You have a whole new use for that last piece of bread? We use it to, like, butter our corn. You use the first and last pieces of bread to butter your corn.
3: Yeah, you smother butter on it, and then you take your corn on the cob, and you... Roll it like you use the bread.
1: I don't know how to explain
2: it. Like you. Oh no, I get it. Oh, I'm picturing I this totally very well. I totally get it. It's, and you are brilliant. It's
1: brilliant. You are such an Iowan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, actually, I'm from Nebraska. Oh, no! <laughs> <It's> in town.
2: <laughs> oh okay. Well, this conversation's over.
1: <laughs> ah, oh. She's a Husker. I love it. Wow. Thank, thank you, you so much. much for calling. Of course. You guys have a good day. My friend had a basset hound. I love basset hounds. All of the jowls, you know, that kind of hang down in front of their by their faces. They do
2: the sad dog eyes <laughs> yeah. really well.
1: So good. But there's a lot of mouth and jowls there, uh-huh. you know, which is important to remember when I tell this story, because she said they were out in their backyard one day, she and the dog. And she said, I kind of took my eyes off the dog, you know, and then I opened the slider and me and the dog came back in the house. And she said, I don't know but exactly how, but the next thing I knew there was a live bird in my house. Whoa! She said, "I don't know if the dog brought the bird in in her mouth, or if the bird kind of scooched in at the same time." She says, "But I'm pretty sure that that dog brought this live Just bird in.
2: Open up the mouth and bloop! Just like you'd see. How comes cartoon, a bird? Right?
1: So she's like." I got this bird in my house. So she, she said, I don't know what I was thinking, but I kind of dived like to catch the bird, and the bird ran into her bedroom under the bed. It ran? Yeah.
0: Oh, ran. okay.
1: <laughs> so, So we've got my friend in her bedroom... With a live bird under the bed. And she said, I shut the door really quick. And I was thinking to myself, okay, how am I going to get this bird out of my bedroom? How am I going to get a bird out of the bottom uh, from underneath my bed? And then she thought, well, I guess I could let it get out the same way it got in.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Opened up the door. <laughs> she, told, she told her bass and hound. Get it! And she said, within 30 seconds, that dog had that bird back in its mouth. She said, so I grabbed it by the collar, I took it into the backyard, I pried her mouth open, and the bird jumped out. (laughs) There's a live, wild animal in your home! And
2: it's terrifying. What
1: are you going to do about it?
2: We come home one night after being out shopping, and,
3: and the boys went to bed. And they come roaring out of their bedroom. and Says, "Dad, Dad, there's something hanging from our closet door." And I go, oh, oh no! There and there was this little brown bat hanging in there. Oh! So I ended up grabbing a towel and throwing around it, and and took it outside.
1: You just took a towel and threw it right over the bat.
3: Yeah, yeah, and wrapped him up. And boy, those things make a lot of noise. Oh, they do. <laughs> I bet they
1: do. So he didn't fly away or anything. You got the towel over what? him on the first shot.
3: Yeah, on the first shot, I was kind of surprised at that. He must have been sleeping or something. I don't know.
1: Well, your boys certainly weren't.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, uh uh-uh. Yeah, dad, dad, dad. (laughs) (laughs) If you've had live wild animals in the house and you've had to get creative to get them out of there, we want to know how you solved that problem. When
4: I was younger, we were really good friends with our neighbors across the street. And there was one night they called my mom Because they knew my dad wouldn't come over and help. And they put on ice cream buckets on their heads. And they took tennis rackets. And there was a bat in the attic. (laughs)
2: They put ice cream buckets on their heads. They have
4: a picture and it's pretty good. I did
2: not
1: know that an ice cream bucket and a tennis racket was bat hunting gear.
2: Apparently it is. Apparently
1: Batman got it all wrong. (laughs)
2: That was the first draft. Do you think, Robert but even Pattinson- the Joker was like, "That's a little silly."
1: Do you think Robert Pattinson's character is going to have an ice cream bucket on his head? I think
2: he will, and he's going to pull it all the way down and cut little holes for his eyes. <laughs> I am vengeance
4: <laughs> in an ice cream bucket.
2: Vanilla vengeance. Hey, this is Taylor and Jen. Who's this?
4: Hi, this is Tony and Anita. Hi, awesome. Tony and Anita. What's up? Hi. Hi. We're heading to school and to work today. We got a lot of stories, but we're going to tell you about the possum story. The possum story? I wasn't in- Anyway, story short, we ended up, I ended up being a broom and a dustpan, swept the little baby possum on the dustpan and took it back out, you know, back outside. But he eventually got his bum and went on its way. So. so literally the baby possum lived. Yeah. There's a happy ending to the story.
1: Boy,
2: that would have been an exciting day.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was there because like it would have been cool because to me possums are kind of cool. They are kind of
1: cool. So you,
2: you would you would have been calm and cool in this situation.
4: Yeah, because I've always wanted a pet possum.
2: Yeah, you missed your chance. You could have had one.
4: It was easy to get rid
2: of because it was plain dead, but
1: we were good. Oh, okay. I was really a fan of the little guy that was sitting in front of me in church. So I slip in, the music has just started. I kind of get myself settled, and I look down, and he... Two, maybe, maybe two, maybe a little bit over two years old. Cutest little thing you've ever seen in your life. And he has a miniature set of drumsticks. Oh, great. And he is drumming the worship music on the chair. Yeah. And I am like, well, and you're a drummer Uh and my son is a drummer. And I have three uncles that are drummers. And so drummers are close to my heart. So I'm watching this little two year old drum out the worship music on the chairs. And I'm already in love with him. All right. So, later on in the service, he's got grandma with him, too. He climbs up into grandma's lap. And he was being so good. But he and grandma are face to face. He's, like, playing with her necklace, and they're whispering to each other. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, of course, it's when the pastor stops talking. Oh, yeah. And it's quiet in the church.
2: There's a point that's landing.
1: He says, are you a stinky pig? (laughs) 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 And I see, you know, like mom and dad and grandma all go to shush him, you know. But then I see all three parents' shoulders shaking so hard because they were laughing. (laughs) I was so in love with that child by the end of church. He asks
2: the real questions. (laughs)
1: Giggling is awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it burns calories. Giggling in church? Is the best.
0: We want your church giggle stories. So I work at Valley Church, and I often get to hear a lot of these stories. And one that really hits my mind is we had a new series kicked off called Whatever It Takes is January. Mm -hmm. And there was a row of about 20 people sitting in their chairs. And they almost did like a slow wave at a baseball game. And then all of a sudden, this little girl pops up at the end of the row and she had army crawled under all these chairs all 20 chairs the end of the row and had a huge proud smile and she did whatever it took to get to the end and her parents had no idea they were on the complete other side and so they grabbed the child and pass it all the way down the row again and they're all just giggling and it just reminded me of the joy of jesus and that it takes an army to raise someone who can army crawl so that is my story
1: Here's the thing. I truly believe God is the one that gave us a sense of humor and he understands that sometimes funny things happen in church and you just got to giggle.
2: So if you've got a church giggle story, we would love to hear it. When
3: you have children around you, you know that like, it's just distracting. I love having them, but it is so distracting for me because I find myself playing. So yep. one ear is listening and one ear is playing. <laughs> for a couple of years when my kids were younger, I helped with Bible school and I was a teacher in like the community areas and kids would see me and it was hilarious because they would stand up on the bench seat and wave (laughs) (laughs) and they were like hi somebody might even yell and my husband finally said I mean I would just try to smile you know like a, a silly smile or you know, just to try to be inconspicuous. Finally, he was like, "You need to just start waving and get it over with." <laughs> well, I don't get that as much anymore, but it was super sweet when I would show up. I mean, yeah, it could even be a funeral and somebody would be yelling, <laughs>
4: "Hi!"
2: You can't not return a child's wave when they stand up, like at a restaurant, and they turn around, and they wave, wave at you. At,
1: and in church, when you stand up to sing, and the kiddo in front of you looks over his mom's shoulder and he starts smiling at oh, you, yeah. what are you gonna do? Not smile?
2: Now, when I get up and I stand on my chair and I start <laughs> waving at people, I get asked to leave so at some point that becomes something you're not allowed to do at church well let's all explore where that point is it goes from charming to please leave and I don't know when that line happened <laughs> why don't you keep trying Ben i get back on the other side of yeah. it <laughs>
1: You know, I love giggling. Giggling is fun anywhere. Oh, yeah. But giggling in
2: church? It's a little extra special. You got a story about that? Well, I was a children's pastor for 30 years, so I have a lot of them. Oh, those, but... I
4: bet you do. <laughs> one of the things was, um, we had the kids in with the adults one Sunday morning during our song service, and I was on the worship team. And we had a child there who was hearing impaired, and a lot of the kids were goofing off. And I looked at him, and I signed, Stop now. And stand up. And when I did, about 10 children all stood up at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They could read it?
4: Yes, because whenever he was in children's church with us, sometimes I would be signing while I was teaching the lesson. And so they just caught on. And whenever I signed, stop now, stand up, all of them stood up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is a constant in your life. It's always there for you. It's your laundry.
2: (laughs) Your laundry leftovers. (laughs)
1: And our laundry takes a bit of a route, doesn't it? My laundry stalls in the dryer.
2: So we want to know, where do your laundry leftovers stall?
4: Usually in the laundry basket after they've been washed and dried.
2: Ah. and Does the laundry basket go up to your bedroom? Does it stay in the laundry room?
4: They, They usually end up, like, congregated, like, in the living room.
2: Congregating in the living room.
4: <laughs> like multiple baskets. So it's
1: not just one basket, it's multiple. It's a rally. It's a rally of baskets.
4: At, at least it's washed and dried. At, at least, at there's least that. it's washed and dried.
2: <laughs> this feels kinda like Jesus' miracle <laughs> with the fish and loaves, is it starts off, it doesn't look like you have a whole lot, and then by the end you have seven baskets filled with leftovers. <laughs>
1: You know when you watch those TV shows and something bad happens into a in a house and a bunch of crime scene investigators go in there <laughs> and they're looking for clues? Every single time I would watch those shows, I'd be like, that's not true. It, it can't be true. Nobody's house is that clean!
2: Yeah, nobody has laundry just lying around. (laughs) Because we all have laundry leftovers. It almost all gets done, and then there's that little bit. And the laundry leftovers have places where they stall. They stall. They just stop on their laundry journey. So we want to know, where do your laundry leftovers stall?
4: In the living room and baskets. Uh But our dirty laundry is also in the living room. And then our sweet spot's also in the living
2: room. Which, a sweet spot is where you put everything... That you've worn once, but you want to wear again. How do you tell the difference between the dirty laundry, the clean laundry, and the sweet spot laundry?
4: Well, the sweet spot laundry is kind of a mixture of everything. Um,
3: and I just went through it like once a week, and I was like, I don't want this. I wore it once, but I'm not going to wear it
4: again, so I'll throw it in the laundry. And then the clean laundry is in laundry baskets by the couch, and then the dirty laundry is in the laundry basket next to the piano. How many people
1: live in your house? Four. Have
2: you ever accidentally gotten dressed in dirty laundry? <laughs> no. You've really got this system down. I would be confused.
1: My goodness. <laughs> Where are your leftovers? And you're like, Jen, they're in the fridge. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about those leftovers. I'm talking about... Laundry leftovers Well, they're not really
3: leftovers It's most of the laundry And (laughs) in the laundry basket
2: Okay
1: (laughs) Is this before the laundry starts or after?
3: After Oh, okay And each person in the household Has a dedicated laundry basket That's theirs Because my thought is Why have the middleman? Who needs a dresser When it's just going to end up Back in the laundry basket?
4: (laughs)
1: So, tell me about the multiple laundry baskets that everybody has their own. My boys share a
3: bedroom and they have the biggest laundry basket. Uh huh. My daughter has hers and then I have mine. Uh huh. And I found that by the time that you're, you need to do laundry again, uh-huh. your laundry basket is empty enough because it's all in the dirty hamper that it's not a problem. You can just
2: refill it. I don't see any problem with this system. You're just efficient.
1: Much like a train. I run out of steam. (laughs) So my laundry leftovers usually end up in the dryer.
2: And we are really enjoying the tales of your laundry leftovers and where they end up and what happens because of that.
4: We have a dedicated laundry room off our mudroom, and that's where I do all the laundry um, every Friday. And I had a friend over one day, and I said, come stand over here talk to me while I fold. And he looks and says... Uh, you need to do laundry more often. And I said, no, I really do it every week. My husband and my son don't ever put theirs away. They just... Leave it here. And then they come every morning and they get their
1: clothes out of the laundry room. Do they have dressers in their room? Oh, yeah. yep, yeah, sure do. And a walk-in closet. What's in there? A lot of other clothes that <laughs> never oh. get
4: worn. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul.
0: You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.